0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast, Episode 2. Today, our guest is Kim Murphy with Ruoff Mortgage. Kim, thanks for being on the podcast. So
1: excited for it, Anthony.
0: Well, Kim, you have, to date, my favorite Zoom background. Kim and I were in a meeting together <sighs> last week, and I went in. I tried to have my serious business face. I was My game face was on, and Kim pops into the virtual meeting, and I see Globy, and I see Cherry and I see all of the Pee Wee's Playhouse gang. And I immediately said to everyone, and I don't think anybody but Kim understood the reference, I said, that makes me so happy that I want to marry fruit salad. <laughs> so thank you for making that meeting more entertaining than it yes, would otherwise been.
1: I have always been a big... Pee Wee Herman fan. Um, I could do the laugh right now, but I'm not going to do it okay. out of embarrassment to my friends and family as well, so.
0: We'll see if we can work that in a little bit later. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. So again, thanks for being with us. As you know, there's a few things we like to talk about on this podcast. We like to talk about people's career path. How did you get to the position you're in today? What were some of the stops along the way? Then we talk about the organization you work for, like to hear a little bit about Ruoff, And then projects you're working on, things that are interesting, exciting, challenging, whatever is top of mind for you. And then we do a brief recap at the end. We kind of summarize those three questions into a nice little pithy sound bite. So you and I have known each other for a decent amount of time, but I want to start yes, for that. You grew up in Northeast Indiana, correct?
1: Yeah, I grew up in New Haven. I uh, went to New Haven High School and okay. have... For the most part, been a Fort Wayne resident, um, Allen County resident, my entire life.
0: All right. And you went to college locally. And, and talk us through um, college, and then what were some of your first jobs right out of college?
1: <laughs> well, actually, um, it took me 15 years to get my degree. Yeah, I, not all that
0: unusual today. Yeah, not
1: yeah. unusual today. But honestly, I think back when I was uh, first uh, going into college, I, I graduated in 87 and started out full-time. Um, but I had to pay for it. My parents couldn't afford to send send me to college, and unfortunately, we truly didn't qualify for financial aid back then either. So I kind of started out full time, ended up going part time, and then when finances got to be too much, I ended up, uh, you know, really going into work. Then kind of life got in the way of sorts. Um, you know, I got married, had children, working full time, pursuing my career. Um, serving the community and different foundations and boards and whatnot. And and finally, when um, one of the companies that I worked for was going out of business, I said, this is the time for me to go back, finish my degree. I only had about a year and a half left um, at that point since I had been kind of going full-time and part-time for many years in between there. And uh, yeah, finally ended up getting my degree 15 years later. But honestly, as a returning adult, I think it was the best thing for me to do. Much more fascinating to be in college at that time, to to learn things that held a lot more interest to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I ever shared this with you. It's a story I tell pretty frequently that I was the world's worst college student as an 18-year-old and proved that for two semesters. But when I came back and when I excelled, was in part because I was surrounded by adult students. I went back at night and all of a sudden it wasn't like other 18 year olds who wanted to goof off. It was really serious 35 year olds and 40 year olds who, um, you know, showed me that being a goofball wasn't all that interesting. So I've had that experience and really have a lot of respect for people who go back to school um, later in life because of that. So ultimately worth it to go through that and to, to make your way through college, even though it took you some time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, even from the standpoint of being a returning adult, I would almost recommend that. Like don't, I know that's kind of weird to say right now too, don't necessarily go to college right away the first year after you graduate from high school. Think about what you want to do. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, is it something you wanna pursue for the trades? Is it something that you wanna do um, to serve our country? Do you really want to go into this particular field that you're interested in? I, I almost say take a year off and kind of figure out what it is that you wanna do. But going to college, definitely worth it. If if anything, just doing research on your own and start pursuing what it is you think you want to do at that age. Yeah. Because it definitely changes. Yeah,
0: I started as an accounting major and ended up as an English major, so (laughs) I I definitely took that path. So after... after you started your career, which was before you finished college, what was the path? What were some of the first jobs you had, and then what did that lead to along the way?
1: Yeah, so I would say the first um, real job that I had that kind of related to the marketing side of business was with Fort Wayne newspapers. I worked in the marketing department there for several years, um, just kind of getting my feet wet. Back when newspaper was still a, a viable news source and and people subscribed to the newspaper, so. From there, I went and worked with an advertising agency, kind of working my way up through more administrative type of positions and then kind of getting into public relations assistant as well.
0: And that was Bonsip, correct? That was
1: Bonsip Advertising. And at the time, it was Indiana's oldest um, agency, ad agency. Yeah, and and a
0: competitor to Asher at that time. And a
1: competitor to Asher at that time, yes. I
0: I almost want to ask you what you (laughs) felt about Asher at that time, but I won't. Instead, you know, I remember Tim Borney when... I asked him one day, "Where did Asher get its name?" There are a number of different reasons, but one of them was he wanted to be before Boncib uh. in the phone book. So, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. So, what was that experience like at bon Sib?
1: Um, You know, working with that small group, that team, we all became family. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing. We still have friendships um, today with almost everybody that worked there. Um, you got to see the and experience the different types of companies that we worked with. Back then we worked with um, one of the hospital networks. We worked with one of the aero defense contractors. Um, We worked with a boat manufacturer. You know, there were all types of companies that you just learned a little bit of something about every type of industry. And so that part of it was fascinating. And again, with it being a pretty small agency, everybody kind of had their hands in some portion of the account. And um, again, I still have friendships with uh, most of the individuals that I worked there with, uh, even networking contacts with a lot of those um, individuals that worked at those industries as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's one of the great things about moving on in your career is you, e- even when it's right to move on, you get to keep the relationships if you if you do it right. So yeah. that's great. Yep. So after BondSiv, what then? Where'd you go from there?
1: Um, well, the, Ended up at Bonsip then, so then that's where I ended up going to to school to kind of finish up my degree. And then I went over to one of the local foundations, um, really just serving more as the assistant, the executive assistant to the executive director. And so, again, kind of bringing my skills and talent, not so much from, you know, the administrative and secretarial standpoint, but also from the marketing and kind of PR standpoint as well. Um,
0: So it was a small staff, so you had to wear a lot of different hats. Very small staff,
1: yeah. But um, yeah, it, I've worn a lot of hats over my <laughs> lifetime as well, uh, particularly at Ruoff too. But, um, you know, d- did kind of my service there for that and then found a great opportunity at um, our local um, lumber and hardware co-op. And from there, just kind of blossom into not only the education side of things, but then also becoming marketing director there, too. So total different industry than I had been used to. Um, I couldn't tell you a sawzaw from a hammer, I guess, at that point. <laughs> but You, you uh, could
0: see that I wasn't helping you yeah, there because I didn't like, know anything please either. Please help me with like, some
1: type of terminology. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I've always said is it, it doesn't matter what industry you're going into. It's the skill set. It's the knowledge. It's the experience that you have in the marketing, in the PR side, um, in the writing side. You just adapt that to whichever industry you're moving into. So, yeah, and, and, and eventually you'll learn.
0: And that's where I think you and I first met. And you were working initially, um, was it Heather, then Martin, now Heather Castleman, who was yes. your boss at that time? Yes. Okay, yep. all right. Um, so you're you're at the Lumber Co-op, the Lumber Hardware Co-op for how long? And then where do you go from there?
1: Um, I was there for uh, right about seven years. Um, again, kind of handling both from the education standpoint, the special events was one of my major areas that I that I really focused on. Uh, but then also the marketing that went out to the um, the co-op group, the members as they were called. Then I had um, kind of a, a short stint at another local ad agency, and from there um, I got into. Uh, Ruoff Mortgage.
0: All right. So so let's talk about Ruoff Mortgage because I think it's it's one of those things where everybody knows the name, probably in part. I hope
1: so. That's part of my job. Yeah.
0: Well, I was going to say, you probably can take some credit for that. You know, you drive down I-69 and there's Ruoff Music Center, so a lot of partnerships that really have raised the profile. But I think a lot of people, and I think this is true of a lot of you know, companies, even prominent ones, if you stop someone on the street and said, what do they do there, it might be a little bit of a mystery. So tell us how you describe Ruoff to people who don't really know the organization all that well. What, what does the organization do and, and what's your role in all of that?
1: So um, for the most part, I oversee the branding and um, of Ruoff Mortgage, and not only from kind of the corporate entity, but as well as all the different branch offices that we're located in. What most people probably don't know is, while, while Ruoff has been around for about 37 years in Fort Wayne in Northeast Indiana, we now have 70 plus locations throughout the Midwest. We're in Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Um, Kentucky. We've got kind of a boutique location in Florida. And now we're also selling loans nationwide in 45 states through our consumer direct division. So Ruoff Mortgage isn't just kind of that little mom and pop mortgage company that um, people saw on DuPont Road or out Fort Wayne Southwest location. Um, It's become a a big player in the mortgage industry as well.
0: And, and when has that growth happened? And feel free to say it's been during the time that you were there. Um, but but seriously, when has um, the majority of that growth occurred? Is it very recent or is it over a longer period of time? So
1: um, this week actually will be my eighth year at Ruoff. And when I started eight years ago, we had about 60 employees in six locations. Um, We've grown exponentially since then. As I mentioned, we have 70 some locations. Actually, we have about 120 physical brick and mortar locations. If you count our branch offices, um, satellite offices, and then kind of offices that we have inside of realtor um, offices as well. But we also have um, right now. We're pushing almost a thousand employees, wow. and so the the growth has been again from the branding initiatives that we've taken into place because there really wasn't anything structured like that before. But then also from our president and CEO Mark Music, who um, took over the company from his father-in-law Dave Ruoff, and once he took that over, you know he really focused on the technology side of business. He te- he focused on how do we get that name out and continue to grow beyond our footprint here in Northeast Indiana. So, um, you know, the growth is attributed to everybody, every single person at Ruoff. It, it's the operations team, it's the sales team, it's everybody that works in accounting and marketing and everything else. I mean, that truly is who handles and is responsible for the growth that we've had. We couldn't do it without everybody, we, we just couldn't.
0: Yeah, I mean, to to a large extent, it's a relationship business. I mean, obviously, you have advantages in the processes and the way um, that you differentiate yourself, but ultimately, it comes down to people trusting the individuals who are writing the mortgages.
1: Yeah, and again, that's the nice thing too when we've got those brick and mortar locations throughout the Midwest. Midwest already tells you, you know, you've got nice people. You know who's in your backyard. Um, you have relationships with them either through the schools or your community um, or you see them at the grocery store all the time. So that's what was important from that brick and mortar aspect is we continue to have that relationship building in those communities. Those individuals know everybody in their community. They know what works best in their community. Now, with that said, it's important for us to continue to branch out, which is why we developed the Consumer Direct Division so we can go up against um Quicken, um, you know, for the most part.
0: Yeah, the monster sized company. The monster sized company, mm -hmm.
1: but with that said, um, Ruoff is the number one mortgage lender in purchases in the combined tri-state area of Indiana, Ohio, Michigan. Um, and we're above Quicken when it comes to that. Really? So we are the, the number one purchase lender. So oh. um, we continue to grow. We've um, announced just recently, I think about two weeks ago, that we've been on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies in America list, even though we're 37 years old. Uh, we've been on the fastest growing private companies in America list for the past eight years. And that's an accolade that less than one percent of the companies ever even get on the list let alone eight times so uh, we continue to grow
0: yeah well it sounds we're going after them and it sounds like right now um, it's it's exponential because of some factors you and I were talking about this previously but um, the market being as it is, Tell me a little bit about that. What's what's the pace like right now with everything that's happening with Fort Wayne having, you know, a really unique housing market and nationally with rates being as they are? How is that affecting Ruoff?
1: Yeah, um, you know, it probably depends on who you ask um, and which day, <laughs> because, again, we've had... Um, tremendous growth over the past few months. We've actually had record months from the entire company history. Who would have known that that would have happened um, not only from the pandemic standpoint, but also you usually get higher numbers in the summer, but we were seeing those numbers even back in early spring. And we probably will continue to see them for the next few months as well. And so um, again, it's a testament to the hard work, the dedication, Um, of all of our employees and whether it's the sales team or the again the operations team they're worked hard um they they realize that but the culture that we have at ruoff everybody is there they know what their job is they know how it's helping somebody get into their own home and it's just something that they do because they love it and um yeah we're trying to find ways that we continue to make sure we recognize those employees too. And again, with the pandemic, it's a little bit difficult because we can't um, have employee related events, you know, to kind of bring everybody together, but we still find other ways to have everybody celebrate Ruoff as well.
0: Yeah. So big company growing, you know, very different than we started working there, a very strong culture. Let's talk about some things you're working on that are exciting, interesting, challenging. Fill in fill in the blank as you like, because you know with Ruoff, you've got not only Ruoff Music Center, you've got. Indy cars with your logo on the side of it. You've got all kinds of cool things happening, but what's most interesting to you and why? You know, when you think about your priorities and the things that are um, most exciting for you to talk about, what goes to the top of the list?
1: Um, honestly, the sponsorships would be one of the biggest things, and that has probably been one of the biggest challenges for um, for me this past few months during the pandemic. We sponsor um, about 40 somewhere between 40 and 45 different sponsorships and that's everything from minor leagues like the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, the Evansville Otters, the um, Terre Haute Rex, um, to different colleges and universities throughout the Midwest and then we go all the way up to the NFL. Uh, We are the official mortgage company of the Colts. We go to the NHL, Columbus Blue Jackets, MLB with uh, Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland Indians. And then, as you mentioned, we've got the Live Nation Amphitheater at, at Ruoff Music Center. And we've just signed a contract to become the um, naming rights for the lawn at the DTE Energy Music, the Music Center up in Detroit. So there's all kinds of exciting opportunities that we have to continue to kind of foster the brand and and build our business initiatives to grow more and to help build the name in those markets that we're going into, into Cleveland, Dayton, uh, Columbus, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Louisville, and um, then everywhere in Northern Michigan as well. So, um, it, It's been exciting as we've been able to partner with those individuals, particularly the relationships that we've been able to work with those representatives that we have, but it's also been a challenge since Mm -hmm. all sports for the most part have been canceled. Um, I've had to spend a lot of the past few months talking to them via Zoom um, or phone calls or whatever, as they try to work through how do they still take care of their partners and give them the assets that they contractually agreed yep. to. And if you're not playing a game and you don't have the ability to show that to your fans, how are they going to be able to make that up? So uh, again, the the partnerships that I've been able to develop with those individuals, we help each other out from that. Like we understand, particularly in the small towns, um, you know, that they rely on corporate sponsorship dollars to do that. So we've been able to work with them to say, you know, we're, we're still going to continue to pay you Um, but for the most part then they're extending the contracts out and we negotiate we'll pay you like we already had planned but that just means the contract gets extended out um, you know maybe a year later or we don't pay for next year because you'll be able to recoup your funds some of them we have to go through and figure out make goods Um, we've had some nice bonuses that we've received from from those universities and colleges in particular Um, we've had some fun things that, you know, the NBA has done for us, not particularly the NBA, but Indiana Pacers uh, and the Indiana Fever and stuff. And so um, it's the most exciting. It's definitely been keeping us busy, but, um, and when I say us, I I, I wanna step back too, that I don't do this all alone. Mm -hmm. I have um, two incredibly hardworking and talented young ladies that work for me as well.
0: Let's give them a shout out if you want to. Hey,
1: Leah Shanley and Hannah McKenna.
0: Okay. All right. There's the shout out. Great. So. so so they work with you, they help you make sure all the details are taken care of. Yep. So so here's a question for our fellow marketing and communication nerds out there. This to me is fascinating because of the decision making process that you have to go through. Because it's not like <coughs> traditional media or even digital media where you have you do have some metrics, right? But you're factoring in not just How many eyeballs in a a typical situation are going to be in the stadium, but you're factoring in TV time and, you know, logo being on screen um, and and all this stuff. And how
1: much they're going to charge us. And how much
0: they're going to charge us, which varies incredibly. You know, you can look at one package from a minor league baseball team in the same, you know, class of baseball, and it's just sometimes wildly different. So how do you make that decision?
1: Um, The the funny thing, too, is that I... I have had this conversation, um, a a similar conversation with an MLS team that I've tried to talk to over the past few years. We can't quite come to an agreement. Um, Started talking to them again. Actually, I think I have a follow-up call with them tomorrow. And the price that they wanted was more than I'm paying for an NFL sponsorship where we're the official mortgage company. And so sometimes, again, that's where the relationships yeah. work out well where you're like, how much are you yeah. going to charge me? I don't pay that much.
0: Well, and it's good to be able to have that baseline and be honest yes. and just say, yes. hey, I do have a way to measure you know, what I'm paying here, and this seems a little out of whack. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and again, it, it, it does fluctuate. Sometimes we have that ability to really go in, and, and again, that's part of my due diligence is to make sure that I'm a good steward of our company money, but also from that standpoint, I wanna make sure that I'm getting the best assets that I can have in that particular stadium or with that particular team that helps us with our branding initiative.
0: Well, and Ruoff seems to take a go big or go home type of approach to sponsorship. You know, it's not like we're going to be on the logo of the back of a t-shirt. Um, that's yeah. That seems to be the approach. I don't know if that's fair, but.
1: Um, honestly, what I look for is the best visibility, the best bang for our buck, mm-hmm. but also trying to trying to find that that sweet spot where it really is the best visibility to us. Now, when I go into these conversations with a new team, I'll talk to them about my priorities. Um, biggest priority, honestly, is in-venue advertising. I want to have that name, that logo visible, so as we go into new markets, realtors, builders, potential home buyers, existing home buyers, can start recognizing the Ruoff mortgage logo, the colors, they start hearing the name Ruoff. Um, So the in-venue advertising is particularly important to me. And again, from the standpoint of bigger is better. Mm -hmm. Um, But, it doesn't always necessarily mean that I have to have it on national TV either. That is definitely a bonus. Um, But as we continue to grow our consumer direct division, then we will push towards that a little bit more, but we want to make sure as we continue to spread out through the Midwest, that people start recognizing the logo visually and audibly as well to hear the name. Um, yeah, it, it, we've done a variety of things with the different teams. So mostly yeah. in venue, um, sometimes it's social media, depending on the number of their followers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can't get into a venue because they already have a partnership with another financial institution. So I push them to be really creative on that. And it is kind of interesting because sometimes the reps that I work with won't have any idea what it is they could offer me. But again, through my experience, particularly with the different teams is let me keep pushing, let's keep talking to each other. It may not happen for another year. Um, we actually had been, ha- had been having discussions with, um, I'll just go ahead and say with Purdue. And um, for years I couldn't get into Purdue because their main Corporate sponsor was Purdue Federal Credit mm-hmm. Union. Yep. And so, you know, contractually, they had the ability to, to not allow anybody else in there. So we wanted in Purdue. We had an office in uh, Lafayette that we wanted to make sure we promoted. Kept up my relationship with the representative, and it finally got to the point where he came back and he's like, I think I found a way in. Um, That ended up being, we were on the back of um, every single athletic ticket. Mm -hmm. And we also appear, our logo appears on every single page of purdueathletics.com webpage. In addition to some other things that we do now in um, kind of the secondary sports that they have on campus. So it's those types of things, Uh, University of Kentucky, we couldn't get into um, the venue again because of the naming rights of, of the financial institution that were there. But we're the official sponsor of the Wildcat wrap-up um, with Coach Cal, mm-hmm. With for both basketball and football. We appear on their website, on the sports schedule, so um, I like to do that because we find creative ways to get us in there and start that relationship because you never know if somebody's going to end up, that financial institution is going to drop out and then we could swoop right in. So yeah. Well, and it maybe, maybe I'm like a, giving up some of my trade secrets to our competitors as
0: well. That's all right. Um, I'm sure there's there's more that you're not giving up than you are. <laughs> so um, a true partnership where it's like, here's how you can help me and they're looking for creative ways to get you in the door without alienating their other sponsors.
1: Yeah. And and they are incredible um, in, in all kind to throw a shout out there to Andretti Autosports, too. They, in particular, are incredible to work with, not only from a B2B standpoint, but obviously a B2C standpoint, but they really help network our company with other corporate sponsors they have. And so, they Andretti, in particular, will help do the connections for that. So, um, when we were trying to roll out our consumer direct division, um, we went to Andretti to help pull those other sponsors and start talking to them so we could um, work out arrangements to have the loans um, kind of at a special offer to their employees and kind of continue to spread that out. So um, they're incredible um, to work with too. But yeah, we we definitely like our, our partnerships.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So sponsorships, partnerships, that's a great, um, you know, example of something that's exciting to you. What else, what else are you working on that, um, you know, maybe a challenge or something that people might not think of?
1: Um, you know, one of the challenges honestly that I'm having right now is, is I also handle all the, um, reviews of philanthropic donations from nonprofits Mm -hmm. and particularly with, Um, Again, the pandemic, events are being canceled. Um, We're getting more requests that come in for that too. And it's really difficult. As much as we want to say yes to every single person um, and every organization that asks us for a a donation or um, an in-kind type of gift for an event, sometimes it's hard to say no. And, and, And I also have to make sure that I'm taking care of the other communities that we serve as well. Yeah. That it, again, it's not Fort Wayne centric. So we try to spread the love there. Um, we're obviously wanna support our backyard, but we're also trying to take care of those in the other communities that we serve too. And um, it's it's tough.
0: So, so how do you narrow that? Do you have like identified um, causes of choice. You know, I know when you were at Do It Best Corp, I think it was the time you were there, they had identified, I think it was Habitat, Habitat. for Humanity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it was easy to explain to people, yeah. hey, this is what we primarily support. Do you do anything like that? No, we haven't
1: really wanted to pigeonhole ourselves yeah. into that because sometimes things just come up that sure. we wouldn't have necessarily thought about. The yeah. same same thing with um, the sports partnerships. Mm-hmm. We, we aren't going to necessarily yep. discount this because something may come up and go, wow, who sure. knew that that was going to be an opportunity so um a lot of it is if we can't give that financial contribution it's then trying to go back to our employees and encourage them to volunteer and to get involved in their communities as well but um like i said that's that's just a tough challenge right now in particular but nothing that um we can't figure out as we Continue to go forward.
0: Yep. So, anything, anything else that's on your mind? Anything else that you're working on that is, is you know, interesting for people to hear about? Uh,
1: you know, we're we're constantly um, wearing many hats where we're at. So we've we handle the social media, we handle all the public relations, um, we handle all the special events, not only for. Our employee events, but other things that um, come into play would be we handle all the preparations for our annual sales contest, mm-hmm. where we find an exotic location and send our top loan officers there. So that's a challenge right now, yeah. trying to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. um, so,
0: exotic location this year is Larwell, Indiana. I, but that's it could be
1: Larwell, it could be Corridon. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, and okay. we'll just have to figure out what season works best for that as well. And they can accommodate the number, but <laughs> um, one of the things that that we had done last year as an employee event was we rented out the Ruoff Music Center and we had um, a super fun event there that we did for employees and they were allowed to bring a certain number of guests. We kind of had as a, a, a little bit of a music fest of sorts, we brought in uh, bounce houses and all types of just kind of, uh, play games for adults that um, they could bounce around on or throw balls in or whatever some of the different games brought those in so they can invite bring their family as well we started out with an Indianapolis country band Um, they played for a good set then we brought in um, a local to this area kind of um, heavy metal group that was a lot of fun. And then we topped it off with our headliner who was uh, Flo Rida.
0: Okay. All right. going to so, sing it now? Sing no. it. I, nobody <laughs> wants to hear that.
1: Uh, that we, was... we, we
0: currently have zero listeners. I would okay. somehow take it into a negative <laughs> if I tried that at all. Um, if,
1: well, and with this being a particular podcast, then you're not going to be able to see me doing the apple bottom jeans and getting low, low, Actually, low. It's,
0: it's video recorded, so there is that <laughs> opportunity if you want to take it up Kick. on it. Um, who is the local band, if you don't mind my asking?
1: Um, uh, uh,
0: it's okay uh, if you don't know.
1: Oh, uh, I'm going to be so upset about that. All right. It'll probably come to me later. That's they fine. were amazing. They yeah. were so much fun. But that whole evening was incredible. Flo Rida was the consummate entertainer. He brought employees up on stage people dancing at one point it was like all women on stage and then at one point it was like all men on stage he sang to our crowd he came out into the crowd our employees felt so special that night and that's that's just one of the fun things that we get to do from our department is plan those type of events and again we haven't been able to do that this summer but we we do the Christmas party um you know same thing are we going to have a Christmas yeah. party? We sure. don't know that yet. Sure. So our department's been... Um kind of in this holding pattern right now to go, what are we doing next? Well,
0: I think it's good for other people to hear that because sometimes you think it's just you. And, and, you know, I hope people know that that's not true, but you can get kind of lost in your own problems. And it's good to hear other people are dealing with the same stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, when when the whole pandemic first broke, we had that conversation. We said, well, you know, the only consolation is it's not just us. Everyone is going through this at the same time.
1: Uh, I was going to say one of the other things that we're currently working on, too, is that we have a, a... a Ruoff brand apparel site for our employees mm-hmm. uh, we've had that running for the past few years, and we're, we're rolling out the new site should have that done in a few weeks. but we take care of all the trinket items. <laughs> May I show this for everybody on video world <laughs> as I'm um, showing my personalized yeti? Um, you know we we've kind of fine- tune all the apparel items, so again, between Hannah Lee and I we bring in samples. We touch and feel everything. We just decide which colors we want. We decide what type of logo is going to be on it. Is it a logo drop? Do we want to put some type of clever design on it? Is it going on the arm? Is it going on the left chest? Um, what can we have that's for extra small all the way up to four X? What's something on the cheaper side? What's something on the more expensive side? So we, we analyze everything we put on that website and, um, it probably drives us nuts with each other too, because again, they're younger and I'm on the older side, and so their interests are not necessarily the same as my interests. But, but we but have a nice re- mesh of the two. Yeah,
0: and your employees probably reflect that, so it's good to have. Yeah, different
1: absolutely. And we have, you know, we have casual wear, and then we yeah. have wear um, that polos and professional shirts that our sales team might want to take when they're going out into the community as well. So that's one of our big projects, and and we give each employee a stipend every year nice. to use towards um, Ruoff branded trinkets and apparel as well.
0: So making it easy for them to be brand advocates and wear the stuff and remove that they're friction. They're walking
1: billboards for us. Yeah, nice. We also have baby wear, so they're walk. well, unless they're not walking, but yeah. they're also Crawling branded billboards. as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes.
0: Yeah, sitting there drooling billboards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's move on to our three, anything else you want to talk about as far as projects, stuff you're working on?
1: No, um, again, we just came off the heels of the Indianapolis Five Hundred. Yeah. Um, not quite the finish that we wanted, but the that's probably the most exciting event that I ever get to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've in two thousand seventeen. Um, if people remember this, we literally had one week that we had decided to become the the uh, sponsor for the Andretti car for Takuma Sato. and so one week was a the craziest week for me trying to work with Andretti to get all of our logos and and approve the logos and get our branding on everything as much as we could. And um, he ended up winning the Indianapolis 500 that year in 2017. So that week of me being super crazy leading up to it, exponentially became even busier after he won, um, which was fantastic. And in 2018, we ended up sponsoring another, um, driver for that as well. And then this year, um, unfortunately the Indianapolis 500 wasn't allowed to be, um, run with fans in place so we didn't quite get the branding that we had hoped for but obviously there is that national aspect Um, in addition to the tv also all the industry pubs you you get it through the indianapolis market and and some of the other markets and uh, one of the fun things that we did for our employees back in 2017 but also for this year as well is we ordered a commemorative car for every single employee so every employee will get one of those and we had some of the the boxed 118 sizes available. So it's just another fun way for our employees to celebrate <clears throat> and see what we do out in the community. And they can display it and they can order more if they want to hand out to their friends. It's All those little things we do and all those places we appear, it makes our employees incredibly proud to be a, a member of our team. Yeah, so.
0: well that's great. And, and a lot of times that's an afterthought at companies. So it's nice to hear that it's kind of a priority for, yeah. for all you. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we have in the long legacy this this podcast has of All one previous two, episode including
1: today. We've
0: started a little tradition where we close with three questions that are kind of reflective of the first three, but it's more of a quick hit. So, I'm going to stall a little bit so you have a chance to think about your answers. The first question is okay. advice to someone No
1: mamies, no mamies. Yeah,
0: advice to someone starting a career in marketing. Um, the second question is if you could tell people one thing about Ruoff what would that be? And then the third question is, what advice do you have for your peers knowing that it's a really challenging time? So so the first, and, and this is, you've you've got an interesting career path. I think everybody has an interesting career path, but yours is unique for sure. Yeah. What's your one piece of advice if you're talking to someone who was considering a career in marketing just starting a career in marketing what would you say to that person and why
1: it's never too late to change your career
0: okay all right <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> all right well, that sounded convincing <laughs>
1: um, you know it, it's interesting because marketing's so broad anymore it yeah. marketing used to be graphic design copywriting and you know maybe public relations type of deal depending on if you push that into marketing or if you push that into communications there are so many things that fall into that marketing line now um, I think the biggest thing is do your homework and do your research, figure out some of the different areas that appeal to you, but don't be afraid if you try them and they don't feel right to move on to something else. Um, again, even from my umbrella, you know, there's marketing as a whole. I've done some incredible things over my X number of years in the marketing business and um, I didn't know special events was gonna become my forte. Um, Special events, I've been to crazy places. I've been to lots of VIP tours and um, locations that most people haven't had the opportunity to experience. Um, I've put on events on the USS Midway. Um, I've put on events at Miramar, the private base out in San Diego. Um, I've booked you know, all kinds of speakers and entertainment and at Olympic athletes. So that's part of marketing. Um, you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So there are very fun things about marketing. There's probably also some very droll things about marketing as well. But now it's just a matter of be open-minded and figure out kind of the path you wanna to go to, but know that that can definitely change.
0: Yeah. And try stuff, you know, yeah. and, and be okay failing at stuff. You know, when I, one of my jobs early on, I worked for um, Parkview and I was a generalist. I did writing, I did design, I did photography, I did media relations. And I found out I was really bad at most of those things. But in that process, I learned what I liked. And I can, I can a little bit speak the language of a designer because I did it. I didn't do it well, but it, it helps to get exposure to that yes. continuum, even if you don't don't want to specialize in yeah. these things and
1: the other thing too is it's, it's always been my belief that don't stay with the same company like mm-hmm. the more the more you switch around to jobs without making it look like you're switching around jobs every one to two years but the more you can be at different industries you learn so many more things yeah. I, I I don't know even for Hannah and Leah I'm trying to throw all of these different opportunities at them that helps take them to their next role should they ever decide to leave you off. Please do not leave Larue off. Um, yeah. So it, the, well, the world is open.
0: Yeah, it's it's unrealistic for an employer to think someone who's just starting their career is going to be there for a lifetime. That's extremely yeah. rare if it ever happens yeah. today. And I think what people are learning are you're much better served. To maintain a good relationship with those folks and mentor them so that when they go on to their next job, they speak well of you as an employer and you're just gonna feel better about it, right? Um, I've made that mistake on the opposite side where I got, you know, bent out of shape when someone left and went to another job. And now that I'm a lot older and a little wiser, Wiser. it's like, yeah, that's (laughs) gonna happen and it's not about you. So stop making it about you. So that's good advice. Yeah. All right, so second question somebody stops you on the street, says, you've got, you know, a minute, tell me about Ruoff? What, what do you think is the important thing for people to know?
1: Or if somebody, somebody like Anthony Giuliano is doing a podcast and says, I have a minute to talk about Ruoff. Okay. Or
0: that, yes. <laughs>
1: um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is that we, we open doors for that home and we work specifically with our customers to find out what works best for them for a mortgage. We're not dictating what type of mortgage they have. So our sales team, become partners with them again same thing friendships they become very colloquial with them and they work with the client to figure out what works best it may not be that um, they can qualify for a loan right away But they're not just going to dismiss them, they're going to make sure that they take care of them and so they'll check back in with them over the course of the year. We give them opportunities to um, kind of educate themselves on here's how you increase your credit score, here are some things that you can do to pay down your debt. So it's not just a apply with us, you're gonna get your loan or you're not going to get your loan. If you don't, we're going to stick with you and we hope that you'll stick with us as well. But our loan officers take care of their customers. We have um, a ninety eight point six percent customer satisfaction rating that oh, wow. we've had really over the course of six, seven years that yeah. we started with this um, third party vendor. And it it's a testament, again to what not only our loan officers do, but what all of our staff does to make sure that the customer has the best experience they have. and And I'm not just saying those words. it, it is it is a heartfelt um, tradition for Ruoff to take care of their customers, to take care of their employees.
0: So uh, even though it's a large company, still tailored solutions, making sure it's right for the client at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one more question. So it's a challenging time, um, if if you had a peer who wanted to commiserate with you and who was looking for some guidance. I don't
1: have any peers that have been commiserating with me lately.
0: <laughs> so let me put that another way. Um, if somebody said to you, hey, I'm going through some challenges, what, what would you advise another marketing professional to think about to sort of get them through what is a difficult time in our profession?
1: You know, um, I think some of that kind of comes with, a little bit of age, where Mm -hmm. are they at in their life? Or a Um, lot of
0: age in my case.
1: Likewise, I believe I'm older than you.
0: We graduated the same year.
1: Okay, then I'm not older than you. Um, (laughs) But honestly, I I think a lot of it is where are they in in their place of life? Do they need Mm -hmm. to rely on that income that they have Mm -hmm. from that particular job? Are they at a point where there's maybe a little bit more excitement to try something new and different? I feel like I'm kind of getting to that place of mentoring and matchmaking with individuals. And if it's somebody that's trying to find a new job, if it's, again, a younger person who's trying to um, figure out how to get into marketing or possibly navigating the waters, just trying to help those individuals with that too. But I guess the other part of it is really in answering your question is be agile and mm-hmm. be ready to adapt. The, the marketing world right now, um, unfortunately I think is is the most at risk, if not, um, obviously the hospitality industry as well. But, um, it's tough. I, have lost a few partners from the sponsorship Mm -hmm. side that, um, companies have furloughed or let them go. And, and they're all part of marketing and, um, it's, it's kind of a hesitant side, but, um, but also it's, it's a great opportunity to what can we do and start thinking more to differentiate ourselves, to try a new avenue on marketing. Um, What are ways that we can get our name out there to boost ourselves too? And and I know that not a lot of companies have all the things like we have in place to do that. And so it's just be agile and start thinking of, God, I hate to say outside the box, uh, but I just did.
0: Um, Well, there's a reason people use that term because people know what it is, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. Um, you know, and and again, my hope is that as we continue to do <laughs> these episodes, that question becomes less necessary and less relevant. But um, you know, it's it's where we are, and I think it's important for people to hear some, you know, some some hard truths, but also some hope in what's going to happen next.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Yep, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, Kim, this has been really good. You and I, despite the fact we've known each other for a long time, I think this is the most we've ever talked about like stuff that wasn't like a project or you know something on a to-do list. So I really appreciate you making the time. I know Ruoff's incredibly busy. I know you've had a lot of success, so thanks for sharing some of your story with us. My pleasure. Alright, everybody, thanks for listening, and we will do this again next week. If you have any recommendations for a guest or a topic you'd like to hear about, please let us know. But until then, we will see you next time on the Asher Marketing Podcast. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye.